Live from the next cast, Fanthropological Institute. Today we're talking about fans of the Tales games. Hello everybody and welcome back to Fanthropological, where today we are going to talk about fans of the Tales of series of RPGs. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Uh, you can call me Class Albion because I've got maple oh, gels. Nope, I got nothing. Oh, no. I've got absolutely Oof. nothing this week. Don't worry, G, you're in uh, company this week. <laughs> and Nick Z. Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. Like, ooh, uh... Call me Kratos, you know, because I'm like all, all uh, quiet and brooding, perhaps, or uh, maybe Laloid, because of the uh, the inherent comedy coming at you and the, those dwarven vows coming fast and furious. But uh, yeah, I am Z. Ooh, give him enough rope, <laughs> and uh, also, <laughs> and joining us today, the co-creator of Maple Gelcon, Jesse McMalkin. Hello. Thank you for coming on our show. Oh, no problem. Oh, it's always great when we have uh, guests that are knowledgeable about the, the thing mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Because uh, what you did not mention is that sometimes we do episodes on fandoms that we're familiar with. And sometimes, like this week, uh, we do episodes on fandoms that we are less familiar with. Uh, this season, we've been doing a neat little gimmick where we pick things that one of us is interested in or is, is a fan of. This week was Z's pick. And we were really fortunate that we were able to uh, get a hold of you and that you were able to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. To get things started off, because G and I are less familiar with the Tales of series, which is easy because it is a very long and storied series, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start us off with some fandom facts. Fandom facts. The origins of the Tales series, or Tales of series, uh, it is a video game series that has been running since 1995, uh, with the release of Tales of Fantasia on the Super Famicom being the first game. While there are 16 main titles, many spin-offs, manga, anime, and audio dramas, the different entries in the series are fairly independent of each other and are mostly linked by their similar gameplay style, in particular the linear motion battle system and its anime-slash-manga art style. In English-speaking regions, which uh, I found out during the research for this week, uh, it is generally seen as a new series, but it is in the top running for RPG series in Japan behind Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. In terms of uh, when the fandom was most active, hard to measure. We use Google Trends as a proxy, and it looks like based on that data that interest in the tale series has been on a bit of a slow decline, with most interest in the game series occurring between 2003 and 2004 which corresponds to the release of Tales of Symphonia and Tales of Rebirth. Sounds about right. Everyone loves Symphonia. <laughs> I haven't played the game, but whenever I'm like, oh, I recognize this character, and then I'm like, where is it from? It's always um, the ninja character from Tales of Symphonia. Uh, oh, Sheena? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of size of fandom, it's also very hard to estimate. One estimate might be the number of games sold, uh, which as of December 2013, the series had sold 16 million units worldwide. Uh, If you take that and spread it over the 16-ish games, uh, the mainline games, that gives you about a million fans per game. A different metric might be the Tales of Festival in Japan. There have been seven such festivals in 2014, and the one in 2014 managed to draw out 22,000 fans over two days to fill the Yokohama Arena. Oh, that's the one I was at. In 2014. Oh, what? sweet. Yeah. That's a lucky coincidence. Yeah. So was, it, was it more of like a sort of a presentation or a show? A lot like a show, yeah. A lot of the voice okay. actors would do fun things. Now, I'm not fluent in Japanese, so I didn't get okay. all of it. I pick up the basics. I could hear some characters, catchphrases, fun things like that. <laughs> oh, fun. Cool. Nice. What was your favorite part of that? Oh, man. Um... I don't know. It's just such a cool atmosphere to see all the voice actors from all the different series come together, and they had some really fun interactions with each other. It was a really cool, just community feeling, too, as someone who um, hasn't spent much time in Japan, but it just, I don't know how to describe it, just everyone there, like, loving the same series. It was pretty cool. Awesome. In terms of other 
rough estimates for fans. Uh, looking at the Tales of subreddit, it boasts over 11,000 subscribers. I tried to get some fan demographics for this week, uh, which are always hard, but sometimes people manage to pull data. And I barely got any, but interestingly enough, I got data from that same Tales of Festival <laughs> from 2014. Oh, really? um, there was an article on IGN called Why 90% of Fans at Tales of Festival are Female. Uh, and there's this cute little quote from that. Uh, Far from the stereotype of a game otaku sausage party, the crowd at the 2014 event is almost exclusively female. Players of the Tales of series are 70% male and 30% female in Japan, but for events like this, it's about 90% female, series producer Hideo Baba tells me at the end of the first day. Women tend to be more interested in the story and the characters, while men are more interested in the games themselves and messing around with the game hardware. Uh, so when their favorite game character appears on stage, the sound of screaming female fans is really something. Interesting. Since you have a first-hand account of that information, do you, would you say that's accurate? That sounds about right. Um, I would have to say the same for Maple Gel Con. It is majority mm. female. 90% sounds about right? That really seems rare to me. Even mm, in like yeah. this specific like like JRPG realm. Mm-hmm. I guess since someone get to this a little bit later but like it's it's focus on characters of everything else or, or stories maybe mm-hmm. i know i always really mm-hmm. like the story and characters in the game the battle system is great as well but uh, the story really draws me in every time uh we have somebody on on stream uh a mixer leech saying hello jess hey leech leech is another um co-founder of maple gel oh that's awesome well thanks yeah. for joining us mixer leech I didn't find any famous fan works. Uh, the only one that I, I found that was of particular note, I would say, would be the original fan translation of Tales of Fantasia, <laughs> um, which has such classic lines as, I bet Arch bleeps like a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> um, we try to keep things yeah. PG on here. <laughs> but I couldn't find anything else. I did try to take a look at fanfic information, and I was dismayed for a moment. Archive of Our Own usually displays like a roll-up category for different fandoms. So if you're looking at uh, something like Game of Thrones, it'll take things across the television show and the books and whatnot. And I was worried because Tales of, given that each entry is its own thing, that they would be counted separately. But there was a a roll-up category. There are about 4,500 fanfics related to the Tales of series, most of which are for Tales of Zestiria. believe that (laughs) fanfiction.net has over 10,000 fanfics the majority of which are tales of symphonia yeah symphonia is definitely Uh, the one i always think too is the like default game that everyone loves (laughs) yeah and when we look at the two different fanfic archives usually there's like a time delineation where like older fandoms tend to be on fanfiction and newer ones tend to be on Archive of Our Own. So I wasn't super surprised to see Tales of Symphonia showing up more there. Right, the older game. Yeah. Those are the fandom facts that I found for this week, which leaves us addressing last week's famous last words. Oh, yeah. My famous last words were, what is it that ties the games together exactly? And Jesse, I'm hoping you might be able to help me because even in my research, I didn't get a full sense of what ties the games together i got the linear motion battle system i watched some gameplay of some of the games that was apparent and i saw the art style but beyond that i couldn't Mm -hmm. quite figure out what ties the different games together it felt like final fantasy to me where you know that it's a final fantasy game because there's chocobos and moogles but right they definitely are pretty independent for the most part we've got a handful of sequels at shilia shilia 2 but they're pretty different they do have some recurring themes uh, you might see, especially in the more recent games, characters will have costume titles. They'll dress up as characters from the previous series. You might see something like Rapigs, which are creatures throughout a few of the different games. And sometimes characters have like, a, you'll have a cameo boss battle, so it'll do a boss battle from a completely different Tales. Oh. They'll have crossovers like that. Other than that, it's a lot of the a lot of the feel of the game, you know, like the, the skits they have when Characters have something to say, press select, or whichever button on whichever controller. Watch a skit. That's something I've really only seen in Tales games, but they pretty much all have them. So things like that really speak to the series, I suppose. Neat. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's there's no guarantee it's like, play this thing that was in the last thing that you, you enjoyed by this. It's just like, if you like that one, you'll probably like this one because of like, I don't know, just the same ideas or feel. Pretty much. And some of them do have some pretty different feels to them. They've changed the battle system to be uh, 
a little different a couple times. But they have pretty similar kinds of story and character development in, in general. And I find, mm-hmm. as someone who I guess just likes a really good story with good characters, I usually enjoy the Tales games. Mm. Cool. I'm going to skip ahead to Amin, who is our guest of Game of Thrones last week. He said, has this fandom gone to other mediums, for example, books, manga, artwork? Uh, in general, have there been other adaptations? I didn't specifically <laughs> look into this, but uh, I feel like the answer is yes. There are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely doujinshi about uh, uh, Tales of. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, there are also the, uh, the OVAs for uh, Symphonia. Oh, yeah. Symphonia, um, Fantasia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Abyss had an anime that I really liked. Zestiria had an anime that we don't talk about. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people have problems with it. I've only seen the first of two seasons. I've heard the second season is where it gets a little weird and changes up the story that was originally in the game, which doesn't really go over the best for most of the people I've talked to. Yeah. Looks like a lot of audio dramas. There definitely are a lot of audio dramas. Um, we don't get those translated ever, so. That's a shame. Yeah, it is, because I really like hearing that kind of thing. I really like adding to the lore of, of the games. And uh, like I said, I know some Japanese, so I can sometimes listen to them and get a little bit out of it. But it's just too bad we don't get translations. I mean, it's probably low on the priority list for them, but it's just oh, like. I'm sure it is. It's, it's neat finding like another format to enjoy something in. Like mm-hmm. when I ran out of Doctor Who. I found the Doctor Who audio dramas, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is there's like a billion more of these. <sighs> yeah, it seems, you know, going back to Fantasia, like that sort of thing, audio in general, very important mm-hmm. to the Tales games. Z, your question. As a series of JRPGs and a fandom around that, how many fan games, like uh, RPG Maker fan games, are there? And if you found any, which one is most beloved by fans? Well, how many did you make, Z? Uh, well, I only had a week, so uh, <laughs> no. Um, oh, I forgot about my uh, my stipulation that they were RPG Maker RPGs only. Ooh. I don't. I don't think that was a requirement. Just that that was the kind of thing you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. It's a shame you said that. I did turn up a few. I was actually surprised that there weren't as many as I thought there would be. I haven't seen many but... of that in my experience. No. Not many. Well, for the most part, the ones that I found sort of in abundance, I found a list of 10 on a Pro Boards post from uh, December 2015, but all 10 of them were fighting games. Interesting. Oh. Basically, people taking the linear motion battle system and uh, it's it's fighting game inspirations and sort of going back to that. So you could like see your favorite characters duke it out. <laughs> or plays your favorite character fighting another favorite character or yeah. whatever combination. I only came across like three like actual RPG fan games. A retelling of Tales of Symphonia that seemed kind of like, um, I don't know if anybody here is familiar with them, but like kind of like in the 90s how people would uh, patch ROMs of like Final Fantasy VI or uh, Chrono Trigger and like change the dialogue around just to, to make it absurd. Kind of like that. Tales of Heroes, which was some kind of a game starring Lloyd. It had, like, there was exploration. It had RPG elements, but the battle system seemed to, like, take that whole idea of why not have it be kind of like a fighting game and turn it all the way up to the point where it became more of a, a beat-em-up style of, uh, of gameplay when you were in battles. Interesting. Yeah, it's not too far removed from most Tales games, but... It, seemed like to progress through the battle you had to like move from screen to screen as you sort of finished it off like in a a standard beat-em-up and then i just found a single thread with a single post from four years ago just uh, somebody basically throwing the idea for a game called tales of arcanium out into the ether so not a whole lot on the rpg front but one other one really did stand out Tales of Majestica was this game that I found where people were trying to make a Freedom Planet fan game. Oh. But with Tales of Mechanics. 
Freedom Planet is is like an homage to the Genesis uh, Sonic games, Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles. It had a bunch of original characters and had a, a pretty heavy plot, from what I remember hearing about anyway. So they wanted to like make a fan game with those characters, with that kind of setting, but somehow use tales of mechanics to make it work. Wasn't entirely clear. It sounded kind of neat, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. a very small but diverse group of rpgs but they all have one common thread they all seem to have been started about three four years ago and they all seem to have gotten as far as like maybe a three minute tech demo Mm. and that's it like looking at the releases it looks like you're never that far away from the release of a game no like i feel like that the hunger gets sated more (laughs) readily as opposed to like you know like chrono trigger Mm-hmm. There's just the one. Yeah. And so people want more of that. There are probably a lot of fan games for Chrono Trigger. Yes. But there's a lot of like se- like sequences like four years in a row where they release game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe one off. In Japan, I think it might even be more frequent because like Japan also gets all of the side games. So. Oh yeah. They've had a few. We've yeah, got some no... mobile games now. Yeah. yeah. And there's no wait for localization. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that must mean that there must be another game coming around the corner because Brazaria came out in August of 2016. They say there's going to be a Tales on the Switch, and that's all no. That's all the information we're given. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of people that I've heard say, myself included, we hope it's not a Zestiria port because no. that would just be a huge letdown. Like, we have it already. <laughs> Give us something new. Yeah. In my opinion, oh. like, if they're going to port something, I'd like it to be... Either something we haven't got localized yet. We haven't got Destiny mm. Two, Innocence. There's one I'm missing that we haven't got yet. Either that or like maybe Tales of Vesperia, which is another kind of a joke in the fandom because they had Tales of Vesperia on PS3 in Japan, and we never got that edition. It was a re-release, basically. You could have more party members, a bit of an extra story. We don't get it. <laughs> We're probably never going to get it. <laughs> Is it on Steam now? Vesperia? No. Symphonia? Zestiria and Berseria, I think, are on Steam. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought of looking that up quickly, because I'm like, I remember buying a bunch of them on Steam that I haven't played yet, but Vesperia, correctly, is not one of them. Only on Xbox. Uh, well, that, that's not happening, man. Yeah. Gee, your famous last words were, the popularity of Tales of Fantasia in North America grew out of its inability to get released in North America. Now, as it turns out, just for clarification, Tales of Fantasia was eventually released in North America. Like, it was. Ten years later. Yeah, Pretty ten years much. later. It was on, on like, the, the Game, Boy Game Boy Advance. The translation was a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a sword named Kangaroo. It's okay. It's they okay. did have Kangaroo. <laughs> but do you want it? <laughs> one of those things where like if you go into microsoft word and type in ragnarok it will autocorrect to kangaroo so they got autocorrected and didn't proofread oh it was supposed to be ragnarok it was supposed to be ragnarok and it was kangaroo it was kangaroo (laughs) i'll just type half of this word in autocomplete find and replace done (laughs) all right apparently Legends of Localization, which also does some fantastic books on Earthbound and uh, The Legend of Zelda, has some articles on how Kangaroo made it into Ragnarok. Oh, really? And I am now looking forward to, I hope, the eventual release of their book on Tales of Fantasia. That, <laughs> that is anywhere in the cards, but like, I think that would be really cool. I, I that did just remind me, if you haven't yet, go see Thor Kangaroo. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse was going to say something, though. <laughs> Oh, just, uh, I'd love to see a book on, on Tales of Fantasia translation. I think that'd be a really cool thing to see. See, do you know if there's a boss fight books on that? There isn't, actually. Uh, Have you written it yet? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Oh, sorry, Jesse. No books yet. Yeah. Oh, well. There's time. Yeah. Okay. What I had in my head was like, uh, oh, man, I can't find this sweet game over here. That must be super good due to how rare it is and how much I can't find it. I mean, A, there was the Fran translation, right? Your savvy kids got ROM and then later and played it. Is it like one fan translation that basically everyone played? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That's my understanding, yeah. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know. I think that makes it more interesting. <laughs> so I didn't see a lot of that. I didn't see a lot of, oh, I can never find this thing or they never released it. So it made me want it even more. But a lot of the narrative I've read across people talking about how much they like uh, Tales of Fantasia is that it was this hidden gem mm. that people only found out about later <laughs> because it was released very near the end of the SNES's life cycle. It was like December 95 that it was released. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the 64 is right around the corner. Yep. But along with that, it had greater memory and it had all these things like really showing off the power of the SNES that people didn't see North America because it was relegated to Japan. But, you know, you had voice acting, you had, you know, the theme tune off the top. The theme tune taking up most of the memory on the cards. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Memorable nonetheless. Uh, you know, the active battle system. It was like. <laughs> Like, people are talking about it the way that people talk about Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. Right? It was like the next evolution of the JRPG on the SNES. But everyone's finding it in retrospect. Mm-hmm. It talks about this and Donkey Kong Country being, like, really big examples of the power of the SNES. Absolutely. So, yeah. I didn't find any, anything that I was particularly looking for, but the idea that uh, came to it later was, uh, was prevalent. Also, on alternatehistory.com, uh, on their forum, there was a thread called Could Tales of Fantasia Have Been Popular in the U.S.? And Did they come to a conclusion? They did not. There's a lot of arguing. They're mostly complaining about how FF7 became the Ur RPG and that all RPGs after it were, were that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Mm. That gives us a lot of history, a lot of preamble to the Tales of series. Mostly focused on Tales of Fantasia, which admittedly is like for G and I probably the only entry into the series that we know. But uh, L- I think literally before doing the research for this, the only place I'd ever heard tales mentioned ever was Z's mouth, because <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's he's like for a long time and probably still to this day he's like this is my favorite game of all time. Yeah, like, what's this crazy thing that you're talking about that nobody knows? Yeah, Fantasia's not perfect, but it's great. I hate yeah. tales of Fantasia. So that brings us to the ultimate question, and that is... Why? Why are people fans of the Tales series of games? Jesse, why are you a fan of the Tales of series of games? Uh, well, I mean, uh, the first one I played was Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube, and that was well after it was released, but uh, I got around to it eventually. And immediately, I guess the most striking thing for me was just the world, the story, the characters. I got so involved into all of it. I feel like they did a really good job telling the story. It was a very lengthy game. It had a lot of like side quests. There's something I like about having a story that doesn't tell itself. You have to go out of your way to do all the side quests and like find all the details. And I think before I even finished that, I got into Tales of the Abyss, which is my favorite game. Tales of the Abyss, again, I guess most of it comes down to the story, the characters, the world. I find that game has some of the best character development of any game I've played. And again, the ending doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you've done a whole bunch of side quests. And there's just something about that. I think it's just because I beat a game and it's like, I, I don't want it to be over. I want there to be more to it. I'll play it again and I'll learn more secrets, more aspects of the world, more backstories to the characters. And I just find it to be a really enjoyable concept. And by that point, I just, I mean, I wanted to play all the games. I thought they were all pretty great in their own way, for the most part. The ones I've played, anyway. I can think of higher praise for a game than beating it and then saying I want to play it again. Yeah, some, exactly. games, some games you like throw the controller across the like, room. No, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's something appealing about, as you said, finding the story. Mm-hmm. Like it's there, you know, it's there, but it's not going to like make you play through it beat by beat. You have to put some of the pieces together. Right. Makes it, makes it more engaging than walk talk to this guy, walk talk to this guy sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was something that was interesting that i i heard you mention jesse it's like it, it's not a story that it's already kind of told itself uh, from what i gathered from the research like the stories in tales games sound like they're very very character driven they are for the most part yeah you're not necessarily sure where 
the story's gonna weave it's not like final fantasy where it's like we introduced the big bad evil thing at the beginning so mm. that's gonna be i find that yeah. with tales games a lot of times i could be 30 hours in and not have the slightest clue what the final boss is gonna be <laughs> it'll be plot twist this guy's evil or who knows oh man uh, i remember in tales of symphonia there's a point when you get to the tower of salvation and all the characters are saying you know um our journey is finally coming to its conclusion, and I'm just, as, as the player, being like, no, it's not. We haven't even met the characters on the cover what? art yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, you see, you just you just missed those characters. You, you <laughs> didn't navigate around enough. But yeah, you go into the tower, and plot twist, you got a whole new journey now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how appealing confusion is to a mass audience, but there's a certain sense of satisfaction when, like, it sounds like, in these games in in like lost i certainly experienced this in infinite jest where you're like you're into it and you're like what is going on i have no idea what's happening but i kind of enjoy that it's happening and, yeah. and then in, in retrospect you piece it together a little mm-hmm. bit i know that um a lot of things tales games do is they'll they'll throw terms at you and not always explain what those terms are <laughs> like phonons or air depending on mm. which game you're playing that might make no sense whatsoever because I haven't explained it. You gotta sort of glean it from context or play until they get to their explanation. <laughs> but then you play the game two, three times and you understand now what's going on. It's like, oh, now that I know what that is, I need to go back to the beginning so I can understand everything they said for the first five hours. <laughs> oh man, I wonder if that meta storytelling is more related to like that it's mainly aimed at Japanese players. Could be, and I feel like that's also more so been the case with the older tales the new ones tend to more so explain what's going on okay interesting there was an interesting quote and i don't know how much truth there is to it as a like one-time tales player from an article on 15 reasons why the tales series is better than the final fantasy series (laughs) the quote goes the tales series has often been accused of being cliche and being typical of japanese rpgs but in an interview with gamma sutra series's producer hideo baba hit back by saying it's possible that western gamers who didn't grow up around japanese culture wouldn't see the variety in the genre interesting i mean i I do feel like there's some variety like some of the games are pretty different like if you look at exilia 2 compared to zesteria they're pretty different style of games there's one of the games that I was reading is in like a modern setting as compared to like the high fantasy. Of That's more like Ixilia 2. That's more modern-esque. Mm-hmm. And um, my cat's being very demanding today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we had uh, Ixilia 2 and it's really fairly modern setting. And then all of a sudden they were like back to fantasy in, in Gasteria with dragons and all this. So there's definitely like a, a conspicuous difference between the games there. At least in that instance. A lot of the games seem to have a different theme to me when you actually look at their stories. Like, Symphonia, I feel, is kind of like, um, how would I put it? Like, it, it's showcasing idealism, I guess. Like, the story's like, you know, you can save one person at the expense of another, and you're like, no, I want to save everyone. And then Shelly come 2 comes along and says, no, you can't do that. You have to sacrifice something. <laughs> Abyss has a lot to do with, um, like, there's a lot of really good character development. It has to do with, like, characters with unpleasant pasts and redemption involved there. Things like that. Well, one thing I saw at Rich during, like, the like the base level, like, thing about, like, what the Tales games mean in general is that the themes are generally inspired by current world events. Okay. And that, not literally playing something in it, but often, like, taking themes that are being talked about in the world right now and putting them in there. Probably, you know, explicitly Japan, but... Right. And they said Tales of Rebirth extensively explores racism and was inspired by the ethnic conflicts in Yugoslavia. Ooh, interesting. There's a definitely a concept of racism in Symphonia too. I haven't played um Rebirth yet. I feel like Symphonia's mm-hmm. got some pack elves who aren't treated very well. Yeah. Oh wow. So there's there's that kind of thing going on at least once in a while. Yeah. Same thing comes up in Fantasia. Yeah. Well Fantasia's mm-hmm. also the same world as Symphonia, so they kinda have the yeah. same problems they haven't solved it yet <laughs> yeah. tales of symphonia steam <laughs> all right z yes 
what do you love about the tales games um and i feel like for me in particular whereas with uh with younger tales fans maybe i don't know anyway but like tales fans um the people who came out to maple gel con for example the the people you talk to now on on reddit or on on the facebook uh group for maple gel guild or or wherever you're talking to tales of fans i feel like most of them got into it because of symphonia mm-hmm. really amazed them in all these different ways with its story its characters apparently there was some conscious decision to give each character like a very distinct sort of color palette and at least their basic outfits to make them more distinct and more identifiable mm-hmm. but like with me i feel like it's similar to that but it replaced symphonia with fantasia mm. yeah and that's pretty much it because like at the point in my uh my my gaming life so to speak I was mostly playing stuff on <laughs> on emulators <gasps> with ROMs. I know, Same. I know. Ugh. Ugh. And I, I, at some point, like I guess I exhausted or didn't find any other cool Western released RPGs. So I started to like somehow get onto the idea that you could get translation patches for ROMs and apply those and basically get games that aren't going to ever be released in North America. And Tales of Fantasia was one of the first ones of those that I'd played. And it just impressed me with so many of its, like, things. I mean, you've got the opening theme song, but I think more than anything, what, like, really grabbed me as a ninth grader to ninth, tenth grader, somewhere around there, was just the opening of the game. As soon as you boot it up, you know, you get the company screens, you know, all that stuff. But then you get the screen with a quote. Mm-hmm. If there is evil in this world, it lurks in the hearts of men. And it's got it's got a little attribution too. It's like Edward D. Morrison. I was like, who's this Edward D. Morrison? <laughs> Is this like from some real world book? <laughs> and I think in the version I played, it was in the original Japanese. But there was like a voice reading this quote out. I mean, at least I, so I assumed at that age because there's this text, there's this voice, must be reading it. But just that alone, like in all the other RPGs I played, there was never that much sort of lore to the different worlds that i was playing through but with tales of fantasia it just front loads this whole thing like there's this huge world where there are people who you know have these philosophical quotes about like the nature of evil and apparently there's some sort of scholar character or at that point i thought maybe the games makers really like this philosopher this edward d morrison whoever that might be and i discovered that he's a character game and then just like more than any other RPG, it sort of presented this world that was as complete as a world for a fairly linear RPG could be. That's what really pulled me in. And I, I think it was fed by the fact that I <laughs> just stuck with Nintendo consoles <laughs> yeah. from the time I first got the, the NES, the NES, all the way up. So by the time Symphonia came out for the GameCube, I was like, oh man, another Tales game that I could play finally <laughs> and i was just too excited for it for it to be anything but awesome glad it lived up <laughs> yeah that's um <laughs> have you played symphonia too only a little bit but i i know a bit of a controversial topic <laughs> yeah a lot of people say it kind of sunk the whole symphonia ship uh in my oh, opinion man. yeah I'm, I'm not a big fan of the game um if i were to assess it i'd say it was trying to do two different things and ultimately did neither of them well like it was trying to be symphonia 2 but it was also trying to be its own game like the symphonia party came back as party members but you couldn't play as them they were guest party members they don't level up Mm -hmm. which is this weird middle ground that's just like give us my party members or don't you know that's more frustrating than if they weren't in there at all a little bit, yeah. yeah. Like they made celebrity cameos, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I find that interesting, though, because I feel like if it was uh, another game series with a direct sequel, say they made, I, mean, I think they kind of did with Advent Children, although I've never really been sure what Advent Children really is. <laughs> but like, say they made a direct sequel to Final Fantasy VII, where the same thing happened. You know, you had a new cast of characters that you were playing as, but at the same time, cloud would show up for this part of the game 
and then Barrett would show up for that part of the game, Tifa for that part of the game, so on and so forth. But like you never really got too much control of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that were to happen, people would kind of be okay with it. Like some Final Fantasy fans would probably say, like, "Oh man, these cameo characters—I should be able to play as them. It's the same world, it's the same sort of story. Why can't I just keep them in my party forever?" But then other, I think other fans would probably be fairly understanding and say, "Well, you know, different story. No." Final Fantasy games are ever really connected. That's true, and I mean that's that's one of my problems with the game. Um, but uh, <laughs> but just the way they did it, there's like there's basically two party members, and then you can recruit monsters. They did like yeah. some Pokemon Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. Mechanic, oh. like, personally, yeah. playing for the game, I was like, I wanted to be Symphonia too. I'm not gonna recruit monsters. I'm gonna put Lloyd back in my party. But <laughs> he can't level up. <laughs> so. That's my take on that, anyway. Yeah. Mixter Leash is telling us to be nice about Symphonia 2. I know you like Symphonia oh. 2. I don't mean to say the game is garbage. <laughs> I'm giving my opinion, however. <laughs> Subtle implication there, just slightly above garbage. Right. <laughs> Some people like the game, and you know what? That's fine. If they like that game, that's great. They have another game to enjoy. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that a lot of people share my opinion. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I'm a little bit not scared off from playing it because of the opinions that I've heard, but maybe less excited to play it. I mean, like I said, some people like it, and if you can enjoy the game, that's fantastic. Maybe don't get your hopes Mm -hmm. up. Best case scenario, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. lower your expectations. Yeah, exactly. It seems like a lot of the games try to do different things. Mm-hmm. Success or not, yeah. <laughs> they try different things. They all have different characters and, and different settings. Do you find there are a lot of people that just like one of the games, and that's their thing, or are there are more people that that kind of like the whole thing? Most of the people I know like at least a few of the games. Okay. They might have that one game I hate. Sometimes it's uh, Zestiria. Zestiria has a few people who don't like it. But uh, in my experience, most people like, at least if you like Symphonia, you'll probably like Abyss. You'll probably like Vesperia. Hmm. So it's mostly at least a few games from what I've seen. Carl. Would you say that the groups of games that people tend to like are more similar than they are different? I think so, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Like, they've definitely had some evolution to their battle system and things like that over mm-hmm. the years. Like, Symphonia, Abyss, Vesperia are kind of the ones that stick out in my mind as more similar okay like just in terms of how you would do combos and arts yeah graces kind of took that in a bit of a different direction which was Mm -hmm. interesting but maybe a bit of a deterrent for some Mm. yeah i remember playing a little bit of uh, berseria at maple gel con actually (laughs) yeah and the the way that the combat was set up was like really unexpected you Mm -hmm. sort of assigned different elements of combos to different buttons and just went with that because yeah. I mean, i'm used to the older systems with symphonia or even fantasia mm-hmm. where you just like set arts to different buttons to trigger them right. and you can combine them that way it kind of reminded me of um a game called hybrid heaven interesting which was an action rpg uh, where all the combat was like melee combat so by fighting you level up your arms or your legs or your mm. hips chest was even of it like whether you punched or kicked or whatever and just the waivers area was set up reminded me a little bit of that just because it was yeah very move by move focused mm-hmm. I don't know. it's, it's kind of hard to describe but it definitely was yeah. very different from the other the, ones the seen. combat uh works in, in Brasaria. i mean Brasaria is kind of in the same vein as like graces and zestiria in terms of combat where they say you know you don't have TP anymore. You don't have basic combos. Mm-hmm. Everything's arts. So it's all about mm-hmm. how you link them together and what other gauge you have to work with and which one follows which other one. So Berseria, I found um, it was pretty cool once I got a feel for it, but it, it, it took a little getting used to. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question that might take us in a little bit of a different direction. You're one of the, the founders of Maple Gelcon, which is like the North American, one of well, I'm going to say one of, assuming that there are others, but I don't actually know. There's um, North America 3 right now. Okay. Tales Gons. Okay. That's not too bad. 
you've obviously met a bunch of people who have come to these different maple gel cons and to some of the other North American conventions. What is it that brings them together? Together? I mean, just uh, I love the series, I guess. It's a very positive community feeling at Maple Gel, I always found. Like, everyone's just mm -hmm. so pleasant with everyone else. We get together, and unlike all our other friends, we actually understand each other's nerdy in-jokes. <laughs> like, I'll talk about phonons, and people will understand me. It's so cool. <laughs> and everyone just gets along from, like, such a common interest in the series, I find. Mm -hmm. From what I was reading, I definitely got the sense that like when Tails fans find each other, sort of in the wild, so to speak. <laughs> like, there's almost an immediate bond just because Tails is such a niche thing in North America. It is, and that's the, that's the thing. If you want to say a joke about Tails, then, like, half your friends aren't going to get it. So when you find <laughs> Tails fans, it's always nice. Like, I am that person who would, like, pass by a movie theater and make some comment about Thor Kangaroo. <laughs> and everyone who's played Fantasia gets it. <laughs> that one, I'm sure Z's tried to make Tails jokes before. <laughs> I assume so. Probably. probably. I can't say for sure, but <laughs> but yeah, it feels like probably like a secret handshake sort of thing. Like as soon as you're actually able to identify someone else, that's part of it. You almost like knowing glances and knowing nods. It sounds like kind of that was part of the atmosphere when you um, what was it called the festival in Japan? Uh, Tales of Festival. Tales of Festival. Yeah. It sounded like there's a bit of that going on. Like, it's all these, you know, disparate people are together in one place. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cool feeling. Do you think that sort of communal feel of the fandom, uh, whether it's niche or whether it's just like like it was at the Tales of Festival where all these voice actors from the various games were getting together and sort of playing their characters all together, do you think that that's kind of why playing Tales co-op is a thing? It could be. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I spent so long not playing Tales co-op. I think the first game, well, I played a bit of Exilia co-op, but okay. then recently um, it was playing Destiny co-op, and it was, okay, how do we do this on this old game on the PS1? There's like a item you have to equip to a character, but you can't switch your party around, so if that character's moved, then like you can't, <laughs> it's hard to describe, but like it's more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a game that wasn't really meant for co-op, almost an afterthought. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. I know that the co-op wasn't uh, around in Fantasia right. just a little bit later. Yeah, I, I played Fantasia, I mean, the localization on Game Boy, which handheld mm -hmm. co-op is a little... wouldn't really work for Thales. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a good experience. Sometimes you just want to yell at the AI so bad... <laughs> <laughs> to have a, a friend in there playing co-op is definitely a great thing to have. Yeah, especially during some of the bosses. Because I remember seeing at uh, Maple Gel, it seemed like, I think it might have been Vesperia. Estelle, um, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Estelle's AI. <laughs> <laughs> but I also remember seeing a bunch of people like crowding around one of them, playing co-op against a bunch of challenge bosses. Oh yes, we do have those. Those are always fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. To me, that just brings a really unique experience out of Tales because I can't think of another RPG series where you could do that. Like, you can't really play a Final Fantasy challenge boss co-op. Yeah, not really. It's, yeah. it's a great feeling, like, as a team to overcome that challenge. Feels really good. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, too, because other RPGs co-op would mean almost nothing. I mean, you can pick up a second <laughs> controller for Final Fantasy VI, but it means you get menu options as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in the Tales games, it seems like you, you have a bit more to do mm -hmm. if you're only active during fights. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not very many RPGs that I can think of where you can work with somebody to go through perhaps the most mundane part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to reach into the action RPG genre to really find any like Secret of Mana, for instance. That's interesting because it's it's like a very old example of that, which was mm -hmm. inaccessible because it had the multi-tap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, multi-tap. Mm -hmm. um, Jesse, you've mentioned that you know a little bit of Japanese. Right. And I remember, I'm pretty sure somebody mentioned it earlier in the cast, I think it might have been UT, that Hideo Baba said something like, uh, to understand the difference between 
the Tales games and between Tales games and Final Fantasy games, for example, you sort of have to have some sort of knowledge of Japanese culture. So what I'm wondering is, do you think that it's kind of necessary to be at least a little bit of a Japanophile to be a Tales fan? Um, I think it helps, for sure. I don't know if I'd say it's necessary. Like, um, some of the games, at least in my opinion, as a Japanophile, it's kind of hard to judge, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, I, in my opinion, at least, some of the games really do stand on their own as at least um, really good games. If you find the series as a whole to be repetitive or cliche, I still think there's probably at least one in there you could find something good about it, you know? Yeah. But a good time, perhaps, to move on to the verdict. Oh, yeah. So, the verdict, it's supposed to be a concluding bit, but oftentimes we just say uh, whatever comes to mind about the fandom, about the object of the fandom. As I've said before, I was terrible at essays. I can never write the conclusion. It's like, repeat stuff you already said. I'm like, why? I already said Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, we usually take turns doing that, and uh, I'm going to give it to Z first, because... Because... That's that's why because good call. Unsurprisingly, I am in. Oh, what shocking! Yep, I didn't uh, call for a tales of fans episode so I could uh, make a dramatic announcement or anything like that. <laughs> I'm still very much interested in the tales fandom, and hopefully, hopefully there is a new game that comes out on Switch because that'd be really cool. Oh, I'd love to and see another it. excuse to get a Switch. But yeah. I immediately think of what Jesse had said about how the story and the characters, at least of each game that I've played, you know, because I can only speak about those, each one, to borrow the words of Hideo Baba himself, the Tales games are like gumdrops. They all have the same wrapper, but each one is a different flavor. Individually wrapped gumdrops? It could be a thing in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Or a a mistranslation, I don't know. But that's that's the quote I have, and I'm sticking with it. All right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think the the difference in flavor is that, you know, you get different characters. Like with Abyss, mm. as Jesse was saying, you get a huge bit of character development. And that's totally intentional. Because, like, one of the things that sets the Tales series apart from most other RPG series is that all of the characters in your party are pre-scripted characters. There are some options, there are some choices, like dialogue choices and that sort of thing that maybe steer character interactions, maybe steer a little bit of the dialogue trees. But for the most part, when you start a Tales game, you might be able to change the names of the characters, but there's never like a blank slate, silent protagonist hero character. Even in Fantasia, Kles is kind of maybe bland, but he still has dialogue. Like he's no blank slate character. There's, There's something there. There's substance there, even if it might be generic fantasy. And like... I think that more than anything is what keeps me coming back. Another aspect of the Tales series that sets it apart for me um, is that you can make any character in your party the uh, on-screen character for when you're wandering around. Oh, neat. Yeah, and that's like a really minor detail. But if you think about it, if you combine that with pre-scripted characters, it's like an opportunity to bond with that character. Like, if you have a favorite character in your party, you don't just have to wait until a cutscene to, like, see them pop out and say oh it's me (laughs) you can just wander around as them yeah i love that yeah the dialogue might be like slightly different i've never really looked into that but sometimes it is sometimes yes and it's very minor when it comes up but it it does happen but the fact that they do that is still really cool Mm -hmm. actually now that i think of it there's actually a like couple side quests in symphonia that require you to switch your on-screen character you oh. have to be zealous uh, to hit on every mm. woman in the world. <laughs> that yeah. there is a Sounds title like an achievement. for doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to be Colette to name all the dogs. Because she likes oh, yeah. There's, there's a few things like that. I'm, I was thinking of Abyss when I say, yeah, there's a couple of like slightly different dialogues. Mm-hmm. But Symphonia, yeah, no, it's actually pretty major. Yeah. I don't know if I ever hit on every girl in that game, but I definitely named all the dogs. Oh, yeah. The dogs are great. Mm-hmm. So uh, to stop my rambling and turn the the verdict spotlight to someone else, I am in. Tails is great. Yeah. I'll juxtapose Z's long answer with a short one. I am out. I have nothing against. 
the Tales of series, it sounds like it is quite fascinating. But I'm looking at uh, how long to beat dot com, and I'm looking at <laughs> how long to beat the main story for many of these games, and I can't commit <laughs> to that. We're talking forty hours per game, sixteen games. It's four hundred. It's like reading a long book, you know. Destiny only took me, I think, like twenty four. Oh, see, that's more manageable. You make a weekend of it. Yeah, but like we're talking about main plus extra content are like 200 hours. Yeah, kind of I can't commit to that. I'm like, I might, and this is a, a big might because Z and I were playing Tales of Fantasia and we lost the save file. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Just based on the amount of grinding that was in that game, I don't know if I can commit to that much Tales. I might watch some gameplay footage of it from somebody, but I would say that I am out. No disrespect. It seems like a great game series. It's definitely a time commitment, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you guys had lost the save. Uh, yeah, the TLDR is don't pretend that your copy of NHL Stanley Cup is other games. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked fine before. Well, it's because we played Chrono Trigger <laughs> for the Race Against Time. Yep. <laughs> so it's gone now. Oh, man. So you have to just play it back to where you left off. I'm willing to do that. Do a little <laughs> extra grinding, make it a little easier. All right. Go for it. Go all the way up to Midgard's way early and buy a bunch of cool gear. There we go. You do that, Z. <laughs> all right. So, you know what? I'm going to put aside, I'll have time because I feel like I say that a lot. <laughs> Say man, uh, I think I'm in. Oh! I started this research knowing nothing except for what Z had told me, and I guess watched a few of those let's plays up there. And when I initially found out about it, like Z, when when did you start playing this game? Like Fantasia? Uh, yeah, yeah, two thousand one ish, somewhere around there. Okay, all right, because that's the only reason I I know about it at all. And then I remember you kind of showing it to me or talking about it. And then I was like, active battle system. <laughs> oh. oh, I was very <laughs> in my Chrono Triggers and my Final Fantasies and my you know, whatnot. And I really, that turned me off a lot. <laughs> yeah. So hearing that there are like fan games that are just the fighting. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and the fact that it sounds like it's got some, as you talked about, see some rich mythology to it. It, yeah. it gives a lot of emphasis on character and narrative. It seems like some of the stories are a little more grown up than maybe some other RPGs. Yeah, I would say so. Don't let the uh, cutesy anime style fool you. Yeah, I mean, not, there's nothing of import in like Final Fantasy games or whatever. It's just some of what I read seems a little more nuanced in terms mm-hmm. of plot. Mm-hmm. But I think I can I can get over having to push more buttons. Um, <laughs> having to make faster decisions in battle because it sounds like the fact that it's making you interact more in battle is also reflected in the way that you discover the story like you are doing more of the like you're actively doing stuff you're actively fighting you're actively looking for plot yeah yeah you're interacting more with the game instead of just pushing a i mean you're probably mostly pushing a but (laughs) (laughs) but you're more invested in the a pushing (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to say uh, that I'm in. When I find some time, I will <laughs> pull out a game. Some of the Tales games are in the next cast count. Oh, hey. <laughs> Small Let's Play and or stream. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, I, I assume that you're probably still going to continue to be a big Tales fan after this podcast, so. just as you were before. So so I'll ask like to someone who is unfamiliar but willing, what would you tell them to play first? Um, I know that my first game and many people's first game was Symphonia, and it really has left a really strong positive on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Actually, my dad, not long ago, decided uh, he'd get into the series as well. And I said, oh. start with Graces. Graces is the happy one. There's friendship mm. and mm. less death than usual. <laughs> so if you don't want to be heartbroken I mean Graces is pretty good <laughs> but uh, I, I think Symphonia is definitely a good starting point in my opinion okay. I think Abyss is another really solid game Spare is pretty solid um, but I know I started with Symphonia and I'm still here so 
Fair enough, yeah. It seems like there's not, like, continuity, really. Generally, no. Unless it's a direct sequel, obviously. Yeah, there's a handful of those. There's a handful of throwbacks, too. In Abyss, you can get some of Lloyd's swords, but if you didn't know they were Lloyd's swords, it really doesn't take away from the story. So, you know. Oh, fair enough. We'll make a note of that. Alright. What time is it? It's spotlight time. Spotlight time. Yeah. The spotlight is part of the show where we try to highlight really cool fanish causes or uh, just interesting fan projects, usually related to the week's episode. This week being Tales of series. I tried to find a Tales of charity. I did find one, which I'm going to mention, but appears to be defunct. Uh, one is Tales for Tales, which you can find at tales four tales.org. It looks like it was last active in 2015, and it was a fundraiser to raise money for a charity. I didn't look into it too much because it's defunct, and I don't really want to give a lot of publicity to something that doesn't exist. But it would have been perfect because it's like the race against time, but for Tales games. So forget that. Instead, I found something that is obviously very relevant to our guest and to our topic, which is, of course, Maple Gelcon, uh, which you can find at maplegelcon.squarespace.com. And rather than me tell you about Maple Jalcon, <laughs> I was wondering if you wanted to tell folks about Maple Jalcon, Jesse. All right. Well, Maple Jalcon is basically a weekend. It's in Oakville. It's dedicated to tales. We have a great community that comes out. There are a lot of really great people who are fun just to hang out with. You can talk tales, have a really good time. We do organize more than just that. We have the tales games all set up in a gaming room. We can do some nice co-op boss battles. We do have a multi-tap, so we can do four-player abyss, Ooh. which is very fun. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot going on now. We've got a dance on the Saturday night, semi-formal, come whatever cosplay you want. Ooh. We've got some karaoke. One of our guests brings a, a Wii U with some of the Japanese openings. You can sing along. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> we've got a game called Tales Against Humanity, which if you've played Cards Against Humanity, oh. it's that with Tales and Pictionary. Oh, dang. Lots of panels, lots of great, fun guests to hang out with who have a lot of uh, really great stories to share. Cool. This is going to be the third year that it's, it's third happening? Third coming up, yes. Amazing. Any big plans for this year compared to previous years? I'm not sure if we have anything new in store, but what we had last year went over great, so we're hoping <laughs> to have it again. It broke. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if you want to find out more about that, you can go to maplegelcon.squarespace.com, and I'll have all the details there about next year's event. Is there a date pinned down? There is one. I'll check my calendar because I don't know it offhand. I want to say June 24th. Right. 22nd to 24th. So that weekend. Cool. So mark your calendars, Tales fans. <laughs> if you're in North America and you're looking for a cool con to go to, you now know when and where to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Fanthropological fan, the place you need to be is leaving a rating review on iTunes or hitting that subscribe button so that you get fresh, hot fandom takes every Friday. Uh, directly into your earbuds. I assume you have to press play on it before it goes into your earbuds, but there's not a lot in between. Also, uh, this podcast is Fanthropological, but we, the Knicks, are the Knickscast, and you can find information about us and videos as well at YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook slash the Knickscast, as well as patreon.com slash the Knickscast. You might be asking, what is Patreon.com? And uh, I would tell you that Patreon.com is a website where you can become a patron of the various artists that you know and love, like us. Even as little as a dollar a month is hugely helpful in allowing us to make more content, keep it ad-free, go to different conventions and get coverage, interview cool guests, get guests on the podcast, and of course, continue to run this podcast that you were listening to somehow. Uh, I don't think we have it translated into Braille, so you're probably listening to or watching this. Uh, so if you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash the next cast. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this through your earbuds, headphones, speakers, car stereo, uh, talking, floating, long-eared, green and white cat thing that yells out fire or mew every time you use the sorcerer's ring, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> if you're hearing this as a podcast... You could also be watching it as a live streaming recording of a podcast. That's right. If you tune in to twitch.tv slash the next cast at 8 p.m. 
Eastern Time, Monday nights, you'll be able to watch us, the next cast, with guests like Jesse McMulkin, making podcast history by talking about fans of various things. So, if that's the thing you want to do, you'll want to check out twitch.tv slash thenextcast every Monday at 8pm Eastern Time. That leaves, of course, one last segment, which... Well, I guess two little bits, but one segment before we, we say goodbye, uh, and that is Famous Last Words. Famous Last Words. Jesse, as you had the opportunity to see before, it's where uh, we ask a question or make a statement about next week's fandom before doing any of the research. Um, next week's fandom, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is I'm going to call it Anime and Manga for Girls. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about Shoujo and Jose, which are young girls and women like anime and manga targeted at those groups and so that's the question for everybody like what would you like us to research what absurd statement would you like us to try to verify about that for next week and this is also open to anybody on the stream so if you're on the stream like uh, you mixter leech you too can have famous last words immortalized on the show <laughs> uh, we will do our best to do the research on that so whoever has something in mind they are welcome to start it's, it is a bit broad. Oh, super broad. It's, it's an odd. Okay, I've got one for you. All right, here we go. All right. In Japan, um, is Jose and Shoujo, or just manga and anime for girls generally, regarded as something filled with aspirational messages or something that is seen as like a cultural edifice that tries to instill traditional norms and roles holy crap you came up with that in like a minute general question for a general topic that's some heavy stuff <laughs> whatever pops into my head i didn't have anything specific to go with like sailor moon's just a big rip off of this other series that <laughs> wasn't very popular Whew. all right i can go next but it's not as cool of a <laughs> okay you go what is the most popular shoujo slash jose series i'm hoping the answer is sailor moon no screw it screw it (laughs) sailor moon is the most popular there you go that's what i'm gonna say (laughs) i'm gonna be wrong but it's gonna be great okay i got one i got one is there a significant um again you know you know with any of these series is there a notable portion of the audience who are grown men, like similar to bronies. Mm. Okay. And if so, what's their deal? All right. What uh, famous last words do you have for us, Jesse? Oh, boy. It's uh, a good question. No question or statement is too inane or simple. <laughs> we have definitely made some very stupid statements. <laughs> made a lot of factual errors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why we do the research before we do the episode. <laughs> I guess I'd be curious, maybe, like, what is um, what is the ratio of, however you want to define it, like, success of shoujo, jose, you know, anime manga, compared to, like, the boys aspect of it, like, compared to shonen? Is it as popular? Is it as profitable? Is it as prominent? Or is it more of, like, a niche aspect of that culture? That's a good question, indeed. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun to research. This is going to be like the time that somebody said Twin Peaks influenced the amount of donuts that were consumed. Yes. My answer was maybe. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking, I say. Man, oh man. All right. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to ask, Jesse, was there anything else you wanted to plug aside from Maple Gel Con? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh- I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to plug. I can go ahead and uh, throw a shout out to AsaliaCon and Radiant Northwest, which are the other two Tales conventions in North America. They're sister cons, so uh, if you live in either Texas or Washington, there is a closer Tales con than Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That really spans the continent. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We have had people travel some serious distance to go to Maple Gel, so... Really? Yeah. Some people uh, have been to Maple Jail and Asalia down in Texas, so people will oh. they'll travel for their Tales weekend. Oh, we've got a question. Oh, hey. 
Mixter Leach's question is, I'm wondering if it's very well regarded or if it's seen as something silly and frivolous in Japanese culture. Okay. That is going to be a fun question to research. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's it for the show. Thank you very much, Jesse, for joining us and right. taking the time to tell us about Maple Gel Con and your experiences with the Tales series and your convenient uh, experience with Tales Festival 2014. <laughs> <laughs> worked out pretty well <laughs> all right well thanks for having me on the show yeah yeah all right thanks bye everybody <laughs> bye. that's the that's the end of the show bye. goodbye <laughs> uh, nobody ever wants to say goodbye yeah it's the hardest part <laughs>